I don't know. I don't want to get into it, but just I have never. Have you ever heard of a vaccine chewing gum for any vaccine like in the past? (laughs) So weird, man. So weird. I've. Yeah. Oh, man. What the heck is going on, Eric? Hopefully there's there are people that are against, you know, masticating bubble gum or chewing gum like (laughs) anti masticators. (laughs) Don't take this chewing gum. Yeah. They can't really call it the jab at that point. I mean, because you're not getting jabbed. Uh, don't take the chew. That's <laughs> the chew. That, that's going to be the new slogan. Don't take the chew. accelerative thrust podcast i'm dan oh and i'm eric yep and today we're going to be talking about stuff uh namely three records Mm -hmm. including some uh we actually have a local release this week eric yeah nice oh man that makes me want to get up and dance and just do like some sort of I don't know what 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 are those dance the dosi dough makes me want to do the dose have you have you done the dosi dough how long has it been since you've done the dosi dough um you know uh not as long as one might think mm-hmm. um yeah I had to do it in uh, a children's music class not that long ago really yeah that's awesome yeah. you uh was the was it effective. <laughs> was my dosi dough effective? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it I, was it was sosi dough. Sure, sosi dough. I you know, I just sometimes dances are really ineffective, you know, like like when I whenever I dance, I would say that my dances are ineffective. No, huh. wow. Huh. Like people don't generally <laughs> like like if if you're trying to get people to like either be like wow that guy knows how to dance or be like wow i'm gonna go talk to that guy mm-hmm. then it's an ineffective the minute they see me dance they're going the other way and they're saying <laughs> wow that guy does not know how to dance wow well, yeah ooh. i i do not know how to dance i i am not afraid to admit it to the world today um because you know the world listens to this podcast <laughs> um the so dancing world, world does the dancing world yes yeah. all of them uh you do not be surprised when you don't see me dancing hmm. i I, uh, I love to dance like i can't i'm not good at it i mean yeah. i can't learn a move or whatever yeah i mean it's it's pretty fun like if it's just a bunch of like yeah if it's a bunch of friends or something and yeah. or like nobody can see me like one oh, of those like really you, sketchy. You dance, you dance like no one's watching. Exactly. Or like one of those sketchy raves or something, you know, like. I love a sketchy rave. Good old yeah, man. sketchy rave. I mean, the goal is to not be intrigued by like laser light shows and, and mm. techno music. The goal is to make sure no one can see me dancing. <laughs> and that's, that's why I go to raves. I don't know about you. Sketchy raves. Um. I mostly go for the ecstasy. Ah, the ecstasy. Right. Yep. That is, um, there's a whole, just being real. That's a whole podcast. We could just talk about ecstasy for an entire episode. Yeah. You want to do an ecstasy episode, Eric? (laughs) No. 
Okay. No, I, I've I've never actually done ecstasy. I don't know. Yeah, neither have I. Oh uh, well, maybe we should do an episode then. It'd that's be, well, yeah, just exactly. make it up. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like ah, oh, then my eyes started bleeding. Like you know, <laughs> like how it does <laughs> on ecstasy. You know, my my fingernails fell off. So before we get into all of the record reviews and stuff, I just want to remind everybody that we are available to listen to on Transistor, Content Made Right, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and YouTube. And you can contact us on the official Facebook and Instagram pages. You also follow us. <laughs> you also follow us. That's how I have it written down, Eric. <laughs> You also follow us on the this is pages. like the power of suggestion. You're, we're actually <laughs> yeah. hypnotizing you right now. That's the sound I make when I hypnotize people. How was it again? Yeah, that's what I did too. Yeah. I think and it's if supposed to actually go. I can't make that sound though. Whoa. Yeah, that's it. When you're yeah, hypnotizing that... dwarves. Seven, <laughs> seven at a time. Or Metallica. Oh. For some reason, they decided they could use the seven dwarfs song in a song and and literally no one in the world cared but me wait what song was that it's on and justice for all it starts with oh, oh yes that's right oh. that's right totally forgot about that one yeah. yeah anyway i guess i guess snow white's cool yeah snow white is pretty cool and yeah. uh jason newstead was a pretty good bassist you just weren't able to hear him on that record unfortunately yeah that's, that's um true so yeah if you're not in metallica but you're in a band from the iowa illinois region and want us to talk about you um or talk to you or if you're not in a band and want us to recommend something for or want to recommend something for review to us local or otherwise or recommend a guest to interview we want to try and keep the aspect local when we're interviewing bands and of course we also want to keep reviewing music from local bands uh so shoot us a message or leave us a comment that's the point that i was getting at why did it take it was very difficult to get to that anyway i also wrote that you can harass us about it but i don't know now that i think about it i don't really want you guys to harass us i mean they can harass us but they need to know we're very sensitive very sensitive yes we I will mean, react like uh, literally just thinking about someone being mean to me right now it makes me i'm just about to start crying i can't mm-hmm. i can't do it i need everyone to be very nice to me and like me very much and that's it's, the what truth did, what did michael scott say um on that episode of the office it was like um i don't need to be adored i don't need to be boss or I, I, I could be getting this wrong, but it's close to this. But then he said something like, I just need to be loved. <laughs> yeah. So something like that. I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling. I, I have a feeling that I screwed it up. That's okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get to it. Speaking of screw ups, Kanye West's <laughs> um, college dropout bear. Yeah. Oh. Uh, see what I did there? Drop yeah. out, screw up yeah (laughs) it went up for sale for a million dollars wow one million dollars your chance to own this is what it says your chance to own the iconic costume okay it says used and used on tour Hmm. at obviously a typo 
at award shows, promo visuals, and more if you've got deep pockets. Hmm. So, yeah. How so, deep are the pockets in the uh, bear costume? That's my question. Oh, that's a really good question. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it, I mean, we, that's kind of the most important question. Actually, what I'm thinking is you could get this suit for a million bucks, right? Yeah. Make a furry porn with it mm-hmm. and and probably triple your money. <laughs> That's what I, I'm thinking. I, I think somebody's going to probably end up doing something crazy with the college dropout bear. Yeah. If, they actually if you, if you listeners would like to come up with the title of that furry porn movie, go mm-hmm. ahead and send that to us and we'll pick the best one. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone wants to loan me a million dollars to buy the Kanye West college dropout bear, <laughs> well, don't loan it to me. Just give it to me. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I If you have a million dollars to give us to buy that, you should keep it because we are acting very irresponsibly with your money. Yes. Yeah, very much so. But we are going to buy that college dropout bear eventually. Uh <laughs> Once we buy other yeah. stuff that we we'll want like million dollars. 30, 40 years, it'll be like those super messed up Billy Bobs from Showbiz Pizza. <laughs> right. The Billy Bobs. Wow. Yeah. Forgot about the Billy Bobs. Yeah. I think, what are they called? Is Billy that what they were called? No, they're called, oh, crumbs. Hold on. I know it in my head. Rock of, <laughs> rock of fire explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're talking about the whole band. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think we can wait till they're all gross and messed up. We can wait till that bear is like that. And then, then we can buy it. I think I've owned that record, that rock of fire explosion first mm. album. Yeah. I've owned that several times. Cause there for a little while, I was finding it at every thrift mm. store. Is it first album? Is yeah. That what I it's mean, called? you know, it's, it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the rock of fire explosion. Our first album. I believe wow. I still have it uh, somewhere in there. Uh, but it, um, I mean, you know, it's exactly what you'd expect. It's, you know what I mean? It's, mm, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like a animatronic super band. sick ass songs about pizza. <laughs> yeah, super sick ass songs about pizza. That's exactly what it is. Uh, there was also that tape that the Ninja Turtles did uh, coming out of their shells. Oh, yeah. They're coming out of our shells, and that that had a song called Pizza Power on it. That was okay. really good. Oh. Used to get that tape at Pizza yeah. Hut. Pizza power, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking about ecstasy earlier, but there's something that we haven't discussed on this show yet, mm-hmm. and that is smoking toad venom. Um, so Mike Tyson, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we haven't really talked about Mike Tyson either. So wait, are they is it are you are you talking about when you smoke toad venom, or is it is the name of the animal the smoking toad? Well, talking about the venom. <laughs> I, you know, uh, either one of those scenarios are great. Smoking so, toad venom. <laughs> smoking toad venom. Oh yeah. man, that sounds like a Jesus lizard song right there. Um, <laughs> speaking of animals like Jesus toads, toad, Jesus toad. <laughs> um, excuse me. So Mike Tyson opened up about his experience taking psychedelics while speaking to the new york post at miami's wonderland a conference dedicated to psychedelics microdosing and medicine 
Tyson revealed that after smoking toad venom, he's no longer afraid of dying while speaking about smoking the venom from the Sonoran desert toad. Hmm. Tyson says he died. He stated, I died during my first trip after revealing that he smoked toad venom 53 times. Hmm. Tyson added in my trips, I've seen that death is beautiful. Life and death both have to be beautiful, but death has a bad rep. The toad has taught me that I'm not going to be here forever. There's an expiration date. Hmm. So yeah, Mike Tyson is no longer afraid guys. Yeah. So, and so when he's laying in his that's casket important. with a big smile on his face, hey, <laughs> he can say, I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> yes. All right. So um, the record that I chose for this week is a an album called Glow On. Uh, from this band called Turnstile. Um, now, I've actually been listening to a lot of Turnstile lately. Hmm. Um, I just discovered them uh, literally like a month ago. And I've been hearing their name being thrown around uh, in reviews and things like that. And I even, I think I even might have watched like a video of theirs like a couple of years back or whatever. But Basically, Turnstile started out as a hardcore band that sounded a lot to me like something like Snapcase hmm. or something along those lines. Judge any number of like 90s hardcore band that you could really think of. That's really what they sounded like when they first started. Like, I believe it was their first seven inch EP that they put out. Um but since then, they've really done a lot of different stuff. And this is their third record. Came out, I think, in 2020. Um, and it's definitely more than a hardcore, just a hardcore record. Like, it's there, there are times where I don't even really know exactly what's going on. But it's a very intriguing listen. I think at the heart of it, you could say it's a post-hardcore album, uh, but there's a lot of different things. Everything from like guitar solos to like crazy rhythmic percussion, almost like jungle rhythms. There's even some like twang guitar and rhythmic breakdowns that almost are like jazz fusion influenced or something. There's a little bit of almost like little bit of vapor wave some hip-hop influences new wave electronic music and there's also synths and pianos thrown in there's a lot going on but at the end of the day the songs most of the time end up being pretty much like post-hardcore again i hear i do hear some snap case type stuff going on but i hear influences from everything from from the bad brains to Fagazi to even like something like Duran Duran, uh, Jane's addiction. In fact, the singer um, almost reminds me of like a hardcore version of Perry Farrell hmm. at times, but also like I can hear like quicksand and far and things like that. Uh, but then there's like a song like underwater boy, which has a lot of reverb and does sound like a Duran Duran song to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a couple of songs featuring Blood Orange. One of them in particular called Alien Love Call is pretty much 
a twangy reverb reverb soaked song that you know for lack of a better way to really describe it that kind of has that that twin peaks thing going on mm-hmm. like that we we talk about a lot on this show eric mm-hmm. um and uh it's a really exciting record to me. It really does put me in mind of, again, listening to like far and quicksand. There isn't really a lot of screaming that goes on. Uh, it's, it's a pretty unique record. Um, yeah. It, at times I just really have no explanation for where it's going. And a lot of like, when I say that, it has elements of all these things. Most of the time, those elements are very short-lived. Like, mm-hmm. it's to the point where they're just, like, spontaneous. Like, the beginning of the record starts off with, like, a almost like a vaporwave intro mm-hmm. or something along those lines. And then it goes into just a complete post-hardcore song. And it kind of stays that way for a little bit until, like, they just kind of decide to throw in like, I don't know, like a, like a 20 second part that just throws all these like curveballs at you. And that's kind of how the record is for the most part. It sounds like it's just going to kind of be this straight up hardcore record. And then next thing you know, all of a sudden there's a twangy guitar or a synthesizer that comes in or like the singer, or maybe it's not even maybe there's more than one vocalist will kind of do something weird and different with his vocals, but it'll only last for like 15 or 20 seconds. But then they have songs that are just like straight up like that song that I mentioned underwater boy could also fit in on any cure, like early cure record as well. Uh, And so, yeah, I think that this is just a really interesting um, take on hardcore. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I would even call this record a hardcore record. The only reason why I would say that is because I know that they are a hardcore band, uh, but they're definitely just wearing a lot of different influences on their sleeves here. And I really, really enjoy it. I think it's a really exciting record to listen to. And I've been coming back to it quite a bit. Uh, What did you think, Eric? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I've never listened to Turnstile. Unfortunately, I don't I don't have that much experience with this kind of music. Like I really don't. I'm getting more because of the mm-hmm. show. But yeah, I only have a few things to compare it to. And honestly, Far and Quicksand were the ones that I also was familiar with. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's super diverse. The instrumentation's really diverse and the musical elements, but also the musical ideas. Like uh there'll be a you know, there'll be going along and it's basically just some kind of post hardcore thing. And then all of a sudden it'll be like a straight up salsa with, yep. with yep. piano, you know, and even during the hardcore parts, they'll still have like a old drum machine, Tom sound, mm-hmm. you know? So there's just a, a lot going on. There's a lot of crazy vocal effects, like um, pitch shifted vocal effects. If I had to guess, I would say this is one singer, but they use processing to create a lot of different harmonies and weird, weird things like that. So you'll have parts where the singer is singing along with, you know, uh, an adjacent part that is pitch shifted up and then another one that's pitch shifted down. And, you know, it sounds 
Really strange. A lot of synthesizers, a lot of synth through the whole thing. A lot of, yeah, twangy guitar. Um, the only thing I really uh, didn't care for was the guitar seems a little swarmy at times. Like mm -hmm. it goes like half steps. It goes a little like out of key and it's a little, I don't know how to describe it. It's just not a sound I really care for when things do that um sure and the only word i have is swarmy unfortunately but the guitar tones themselves are awesome all of the playing is pretty amazing through and through I, overall i just felt it was super interesting and exciting but even more than that it was like actually kind of fun mm -hmm. and upbeat like there's a lot of uh major uh, major chord progressions in this which seem out of place but it because of the way it's constructed where it's almost like parts put together it works because we're going to deviate from what's happening anyway so if it goes to a major key then whatever i mean it just is the way it is um but yeah overall super fun uh it reminded me this is going to sound really weird but it reminded me of the first time i heard um white pony Mm, by, by the uh, deftones yeah, yeah like it was just it was something it was a completely new take on something that i thought i understood and that yeah and not as far as other things like it was still keeping it within some boundaries i mean this isn't like the locust or like an albatross mm. this is good music and i mean not that those things aren't good but they're definitely relying on their weirdness you know right and that's not what's happening here i think this is just trying to be interesting overall the construction the way it's put together and the attitude really reminded me of the shape of punk to come by the refuse yep um and so i would say if you gave that refused record a chance and ended up really liking it i think you would be standing on the precipice of that same situation here and so I think you should check it out. I, I thought it was really good. I've listened to it more than a couple times and I think I'll come back to it. So and and the yeah. other thing about it too that I really like real quick is um that uh, I forgot to mention is I like the fact that if this is your introduction to this band, mm -hmm. you would never guess. I don't know if you, you I'm assuming you probably didn't go back and listen to any of their earlier nope. stuff, right? No, nope. this is all so, I've heard still. You would not assume if, if you're familiar, if you're not familiar with their early stuff and you go back and you listen to their early stuff, you would not believe it's the same band. Really? And that's what I really, really like about it is, and I almost feel that sort of with Refused, mm -hmm. uh, with Shape of Punk to Come also, mm -hmm. just because the earlier Refused stuff compared to Shape of Punk to Come was mm -hmm. just so straightforward. Right. And that's kind of like... I think Turnstile got a little weirder earlier mm -hmm. than than the Refuse did, but mm -hmm. like their first EP is just straight up hardcore. Mm -hmm. Like it would sounds like it would it would have been on Victory Records in the '90s or something. Mm. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, good stuff. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I even told some other people about it in my real life, which. I don't really consider the podcast my real life, <laughs> apparently. I mean, outside of the podcast, I told some people. Right, so, right, right. Um, which I don't really do all that often now that we have this podcast. I don't really sure. go yeah. around saying, hey, you should listen to this because 
I don't know. I think that uh, Lingua Ignata was the last thing I went around telling everyone I knew to listen to, which uh, there's a new one. So I'm going to have to get to that on the show sometime. And I totally understand why you so, would do that with yeah. that record. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess I'll go ahead with my choice. Um, okay. I'm going to present this like a reading rainbow kind of review. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought what would happen if you mix the muffs and tad? Uh, I think you would think the answer is whole, and but it's not. It's 24-7 diva heaven. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where I found this. I liked the cover. It, it looked delicious. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it looks like there's some Yopo uh, noodles on the front. Maybe there's at least a big piece of bok choy. Um, <laughs> it's pink. Yes. None, of, none of this matters. Um, <laughs> except to say... This episode is brought to you by uh, Zhang Hu Asian Street Food in Iowa City. That's also, there you go. That's also I, not true, I, but you should go there. I don't know what that is, but it, it sounds great. It's the best place. Um, mm. <laughs> we just to be clear, we're not sponsored by anyone, but I figure no. if I start saying places, maybe they'll end up sponsoring us. Sure. Yeah. 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 So pick Eventually. up some uh, some hot garlicky noodles and go get some records from the record collector. Um, who else do we want to be sponsored by? Uh, let's see. Uh, automotive auto parts. If you need um, any automotive sort of air filter. Auto parts. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I like store it. There is. I like it. Automotive um, auto parts stores. I don't anyway, know. Anyway. Oh my God. This is so dumb. <laughs> I'm going to edit all this out. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, should you? Yeah. Or probably. should you just keep it? Okay. Uh, so yeah, 24-7 Diva Heaven. The record is called Stress. It came out this year. Um, it's a Berlin trio, um, which was surprising to me because it sounds ultra American to me. Um, this is their first LP. They had an EP before this. Um, but like I said, uh, the vocals are very much like Kim Shattuck from The Muffs. I don't think it's a direct sort of like copy, but definitely a huge influence. Um, and the Tad element is more just like, this is as, this is grungy. This is like grunge worship and sort of the heavier side of that, which made me kind of think of Tad. Sometimes it sounds like pop punk. Sometimes it sounds like um, more like just straight grunge. Sometimes it's heavier, like almost like Black Mountain. Um, there's elements of whole sonic youth. I don't know. I would say that if you like any of the stuff I just mentioned, you're probably going to like this. It's right there. The thing about it is, is I would call this, I would personally call this Neo riot girl or Neo grunge. I don't know because it is new and it obviously is taking from those things. You know, it's kind of like municipal waste or something, you know, like Neo thrash. It is what it is, but it's, completely rooted in this other thing that already existed you know it's it's grunge worship is what this is but it's super fun and super good and again sort of like municipal waste they have the entirety of that genre and the history of it at their disposal to take the best parts and shed the parts that aren't good and that's exactly what you have here so i don't know i, I didn't there's not a lot more I can say about it. It's just like really good. If you like the muffs, if you like whole Sonic Youth, uh, heavier stuff, 
uh, in that era or in that vein, especially like the toadies, a lot of breaks, a lot of intros, the guitar work very much like the toadies. It does go a lot of places musically, but at the end of the day, I think it's connected by the vocals and the attitude and just sort of the atmosphere that they've created within it. It keep it kind of, uh, it's kind of the connective tissue. So what do you think, Dan? Yeah, I love this. I, I'm a huge fan of this, this kind of music. Uh, like you were saying, I think uh, Neo Riot Girl or Nito Riot Girl music, <laughs> yeah. either one works. Um, I really like this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm a big fan of L7, mm-hmm. uh, Babes in Toyland in particular. I love Cat. I can't pronounce her last name, but from that band and um forgive me but i actually don't know any of the members of 24 7 diva heaven but the singer is awesome Mm -hmm. like she has this crazy gravelly voice that sounds like she smokes cigarettes not not bad cigarettes good cigarettes (laughs) because it's cigarettes that totally it, it enhances the vocals and maybe she hmm. doesn't smoke cigarettes. Uh, it, that's totally irrelevant, but uh, it just, it sounds, what I'm getting at is it sounds badass. It's just mm-hmm. like really good stuff. And yeah, I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. So yeah, all the, all the bands you mentioned, toadies, I definitely hear a lot of the riffs, uh, Tad and the Melvins mm-hmm. both for sure. Um, Nirvana mm-hmm. is all over this thing. I think, um, I would say Boss Hog, mm-hmm. uh, Pixies, but there's one band in particular that it reminded mm. me a lot of. And the voice, I now that you mention it, I hear the uh, Kim Shattuck from mm-hmm. the Muffs quite a bit. And in fact, uh, there are songs that almost remind me of like the Muffs or like if Weezer went metal or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's one band in particular who's, this reminded me a lot of and whose singer reminded me of this Mm. singer a lot of and that is seven year bitch okay and the singer of that band celine vigil Mm -hmm. like i've that they've always been one of my favorites in that entire genre Mm. this reminds me a lot of that too and that that is awesome i kind of hear a little bit of jawbreaker and actually Mm -hmm. i mean the muffs comparison i mean like the muffs and jawbreaker i i mm, think mm-hmm. you i could see comparisons there as well so but there, there's so much going on that like but like you said even though there's a lot going on it's all confined in this like wonderful exploration of like i don't really want to say 90s but that's basically mm-hmm. what it is 90s noisy grunge punk i mean and and it's the better side of all that stuff right as far as i'm concerned i mean there's just yeah there's a lot going on i think it's badass it's just it's a really good rock punky grungy noisy rock Mm -hmm. record i'm at a loss for kind of what else to say as well eric there's not really much more i can say about it. it's one of those things and we've run into that on this show before where it's like something just 100% absolutely nails what it goes, what it's trying to accomplish. It's super good. If you yeah, like, absolutely. if you want to hear something new that sounds like nineties 
riot girl grunge then you should listen to this record <laughs> like absolutely there's nothing it's, else to say so and it's and it's know. it's really good and just like all genres there's some that do that and don't do it so well and mm-hmm. there's some that do it and do it very well and this is this is like high tier yeah as far as i'm so. concerned this is i would love to see this band live because i yeah. bet they're a blast i think so yeah and with a name like 24-7 Diva Heaven, I don't know. Yeah. You yeah, got to I mean, be how, pretty bold. <laughs> I And it's funny, too, because when I went into this album, because of that name, I didn't know what to expect. Like, I, mm-hmm. I was, a, you know, I was wondering if it was going to be like, I don't know. I was wondering if 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 it was going to be like, if it was going to sound like Britney Spears. Or yeah, something. I had no idea either. And, <laughs> Which, yeah, I guess, you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover or whatever, but I think you should totally judge a record by their cover. Like, <laughs> if it has a shitty cover, the people making the music have bad taste or they're not willing to stand up to a label or an artist or a friend and say, no, that art sucks. We're going to go with something else. You know, either way, I don't know if I trust the music on the record. <laughs> so I... Um, no man that that's a tough one eric because i've been deceived before um yeah me too i mean there are some great albums that have bad covers yeah yeah there is some i don't know i'm trying to think of some that like that have a legit bad cover like not ironic or purposeful right but like actually terrible Hmm. okay we might have to we might have to come back to that one yeah we we may have to because um i kind of see what you're saying there's a difference between just really bad and being like almost like unself-aware of it right versus like okay this just really isn't that great of a cover you know like have you ever seen the suicidal tendencies uh record called freedom yeah d-u-m-b it's terrible Mm -hmm. i've never even listened to it I'm just like, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to this. It's yeah. crap. Or uh, what was that? That was it. Um, Black Flag, that mm-hmm. that record with the green. Oh, crap. Oh, Live oh. 84. No, let's see. What the hell was it called? I think it was Black Flag. Just a second. Oh, what the? Yeah. Yeah. What the? Yeah. Yeah. That was, dude, that was like. That wasn't Black Flag, dude. That was, I mean, it said Black Flag on it. That was, Greg Ginn was like, Mm. he was on some sort of power trip or something and he bought the rights to Black Flag. That's why, like, Mm. I think Keith Morris and all those guys, they toured as Flag. Right. Because they couldn't be Black Flag. And so he assembled this band of like, I don't know, other people Mm. that, I don't think had, I don't know. I don't know who was all on that. Believe it or not. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. The black flag record. We're going to talk about the, the black, the Greg Ginn black flag a little bit. Oh, I think, I think I, I think I know why. But anyway, that what the record cover, that might be one of the worst I've ever seen. It's a very bad cover or like iron maidens dance of death. Oh, that is the worst yeah i wouldn't even listen to it no and and that that does have a couple of decent songs on it but it's it's a terrible record uh terrible album cover (laughs) anyway (laughs) and a terrible record as well 24 7 diva heaven 
They have, have a, a terrific cover. I, I have a message for you. Your mm. album cover is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So should we talk about our local review? We should talk about our local review. I Eric. would say that the cover for this one actually kind of falls right between those two descriptions we just talked about. <laughs> Good and bad. Yeah. Um, the record is called All Turd State <laughs> um, by the Chocolate Hog Boys. Uh, the cover is the state of Iowa made out of poop um, with an arm flipping off <laughs> the world and boogers coming out of its nose. And maybe he's picking his nose with a different hand and he has a hit of acid this is the drug episode apparently happy mm. thanksgiving um yes so yeah, uh, totally i'm sure you're gonna be hungry after doing all of them uh the chocolate hog boys okay let's talk about the chocolate hog boys um full disclosure i played uh live at, at a weekly show with a group of people who went by the name the chocolate hog boys and that was a rotating group of people and I knew the people that I played with, but that in no way no, means that I know who played on this record. And I can tell you that I didn't play on this record. I just want, you know, I just want, um, yeah, I don't want to sound disingenuous when I'm talking about this record, but I literally don't know who played on this, even though I have played music with people that went under this name. So I just wanted to get that out of the way real quick. Um, but yeah, they have a lot of music. Some of it is, you know, like this record, it was a pretty accessible length, uh, maybe about 40 minutes or whatever. Um, they have other ones like the Penaissance, which is a great record, but I think it's about eight hours long, um, <laughs> which is, you know, great. Um, it also has a close up of the statue of David's penis for the record cover. Uh, the Chocolate Hog Boys are pretty funny as far as the subject matters of the songs, the titles of the songs, the titles of the record, the artwork, the presentation. All of this is all pretty funny stuff. They have uh, a tape called Butt Munchin, Plague of Asses, um, Rectal Baboon, you know, just a lot of really fun stuff. In execution, though, this is actually pretty amazing stuff it's very loose it, to the point that i think that it might be Im improvisational the whole time but i don't know that for sure like i said i'm not sure how this record or any other recordings are conceived or made or how the production works or whatever i'm not sure if one person plays one thing and then you know, other people listen to it and play along if they record it live together. I'm not exactly sure how it's made, but how it comes across is, yeah, just very, very loose, but tight and noisy, but not noise. Like everything is very rooted in some sort of rhythmic structure, I feel. Like it hardly ever is just a bunch of nonsense even though sometimes it might seem that way i really like this recording and in my opinion this is the most accessible one that i've heard so far um 
yeah, it reminded me a lot of Can, um, Hawkwind, a lot of Kraut Rock stuff like that. But also, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, so there's like a ween element to it, especially with some of the vocal processing. Um, there's definitely a Grateful Dead element to the whole thing, the way things move, how they interact. There's even a little bit of that acid rock jam jamminess to the whole thing too. I think it it doesn't sound particularly modern to me. Um, and then a lot of Captain Beefheart for sure. Lots of Captain Beefheart influence in here, I think. Um, because there is a blues feel to it, a rock and roll feel to it, but it's sort of um, dismantling or disassembling of rock and roll and blues and then put together sort of all wrong. And I think what I liked about this record the most and about what the, the Chocolate Hog Boys do is they're trying to throw us off here with all this goofiness, right? I think that they're trying to make us think of them as novel when in reality, this is pretty high class musicianship, really cool uh, function and, and movement and really just well-informed sort of avant-garde rock music and um, or rock and roll. And for me, it was a super fun listen. Uh, like I said, you can't really dig your claws into anything because everything's constantly moving, but at its core, it is rooted in rhythm. And, um, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. So what'd you think, Dan? Yeah, this was great. I mean, I've played in improv bands and, you know, I'm a huge fan of like things like noise rock and I guess experimental music with mm -hmm. chaos or whatever, but like you were saying, uh, there's clearly more than that going on here. The music is being played by, well, I already know that it's definitely being played by mu musicians that know what they're doing. You can really tell. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, it's like deconstructed structure. That would be how I would describe it. It's definitely not, your conventional means of, you know, like structuring a song. I think how you described it, how they're trying to throw us off is, is perfect because there are other than Captain Beefheart, who I totally agree with. There's two bands that I really, that come to mind mm -hmm. that I would say, I think of, like I thought of instantly when I started listening to this, the first one is mothers of invention, Frank Zappa. Mm -hmm. That I think is like the epitome of like a group of musicians that were trying to throw people off the way that you described it, Eric, where it almost sounds like it's just like a novelty thing, but really beneath the surface, there's a lot being said, mm -hmm. uh, not even just through the musicianship, but I mean, clearly like, there's just a lot of like really strange sounds that I really dig, like a lot of horns, a lot of vocal effects mm -hmm. to the point where you can't even really hear what's being sung or said, or mm -hmm. I think there's some synths and keyboards definitely going on here, drums and bass. The other band that this really reminded, reminded me of, and this, this would be like, in my opinion, straight up, like 
when I think of if, if I was going to compare this to something mm-hmm. and I was going to say, Hey, you need to listen to the chocolate hog boys. They sound a lot like this. I think the butthole surfers are all over oh, this. Sure. Yeah. Like the butthole surfers are another mm-hmm. group that is very deceiving, deceivingly strange and deceivingly novel when they're really not novel that much at all, because mm-hmm. even their earlier albums, I heard a lot of locust abortion technician and psychic powerless in this, Mm -hmm. in the structure. There's also a lot of great songwriting and musicianship going on in the butthole surfers, even, and I've always said this to people, even in the early days, even on those like really noisy records where it seemed like there was no structure whatsoever. It was awesome musicianship where they were actually like, they were paying like homage to like blues artists and things like that. And I hear a lot of that mm-hmm. kind of going on here. It sounds like obnoxious blues on the surface, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's done really, really well, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why I would say that if I was going to say, Hey, you need to listen to the chocolate hog boys or at least this album. Cause I haven't heard anything else from mm-hmm. the chocolate hog boys i've i've known about them i've just mm-hmm. never gotten around to checking them out but if i were to say you need to hear this album altered state by mm-hmm. the chocolate hog boys the butthole surfers would be the first frame of reference yeah. that i would use i get that yeah so nice uh absolutely good stuff it's yeah. it's it was a great great listen i yeah. mean it really is a lot of fun. i love this kind of stuff Me i love too. playing it and i love listening to it yeah so Me too. Great, great um, stuff. The uh, local show section this week is—I mean, there's nothing going on. It's Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah, right. I mean, no one's going to be doing anything, right? The only things I got is Friday the 26th tomorrow. Mike Vallely and the Complete Disaster are going to be playing at the gas lamp in Des Moines. Now, Mike Vallely did sing for Black Flag. And this oh. is a Black Flag set. Oh. So, okay. there you go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he also sang for a group with Greg Ginn called Good For You back in the day. Um, I don't know how that all came together, but this appears to be Mike Vallely and the Complete Disaster doing a complete Black Flag show. Mm-hmm. So if that's interesting to you, that's happening the 26th. Um, the only other thing, and I don't, I don't know a single thing about this, is on Saturday, the 27th at Gabe's Oasis, they're calling it Friendsgiving. Um, Nick's Bell Price, Tommy Guns, and Kill OG. I don't know what this is except Nick's Bell Price. I looked it up as an Iowa City uh, producer. Um, and so I would assume this is a, a hip hop show. I don't know. Hmm. I'm just throwing it out there. Look into it because honestly, there's really nothing else happening this week. So, huh. um, that's all I got. And that, I mean, that I'm sure those will be good shows, but you know, we really won't pick up again till the, the week after this, because yes, you know, then everyone's going to be out at the brew you know, yes. Having a, know, a class reunion of sorts. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and I, I know for a fact that 
there's some really killer shows coming up in like December and January. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. Uh, sure. I'm excited so. for the announcement of those. Mm-hmm. It'll so, be exciting, but absolutely. yeah, when you got uh, Thanksgiving to, to, to contend with, you know, just kind of the way it is, I would assume that Christmas week isn't going to have a ton of shows either. So no, well, the way it is. So. What are you doing for Thanksgiving this year, Eric? Uh, we're going to Marshalltown on, oh wait, Muscatine on Thursday and Marshalltown on Saturday. Oh, okay. Is that, is your wife from Marshalltown? Marshalltown, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to my house on yeah. Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Short trip, huh? Yep. It's, it's going to be from the bedroom to the kitchen. Oh, dang. See, yeah. now that sounds pretty dang nice to me. <laughs> I think well, after the, the pandemic, it was sort of like, oh, man, we have to do all this stuff. We have to be busy at the holidays again. It was kind of like, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it was kind of nice in its own way. I like seeing family and everything. Don't get me wrong, but it was kind of nice in its own way, too, to just be like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Like, yeah. what are the things you like at Thanksgiving? Oh, the mashed potatoes. Cool. Let's just have mashed potatoes. <laughs> just have that. You know? So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, it would be stuffing. That's mm, I like my absolute. A lot. That's my favorite thing. Have you ever had the stuffing made with the Hawaiian buns? No, but that sounds amazing. Oh man, it's good. They have it at Aldi. You should check it out. This episode's brought to you by Aldi. Um they make Hawaiian bun stuffing. <laughs> wow. I like, do they, is it pre-made or do you have to make it like, in no, a package? You, no, yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, no, you, you like, uh, you know, like in a stove box. Top. Yeah. Like stove gotcha. top, but wow. the uh, croutons are made with the, um, the sweet Hawaiian rolls. So. Now see before when I, when I was married, um, we would have like three or four Thanksgivings we'd have to yeah. go to. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is her stepdad, my ex-wife's stepdad used to make the best stuffing with mm. these raisins. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was, oh, man, I, I looked forward to like that every year. Like in July, mm. I would remind yeah. him to make sure you're making that stuffing at Thanksgiving. <laughs> like nice because it was so good. Mm. And so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Thanksgiving's a good it's it's a it's a good day of indulgence you know yeah yeah it's not it's not it's not bad you know it's like what do you really have to do just eat some food i guess eat some food talk to people yeah you know talk to people go find a corner and hide yeah Yeah. maybe watch some tv yeah fall asleep watching a tv fall asleep watching tv because i mean what's the only thing that's ever on on Thanksgiving morning is that stupid parade with that stupid turkey. Okay. I'm going to try this. I have a platform and I'm going to use it. God damn it. <laughs> Listen to this. Okay. This has been years ago. Okay. And mm-hmm. my niece and my wife and I are watching the parade on TV. Right. There, there, there's a band or not a band, a group on there singing, that this is going to be the best day of my life song. Do you remember that song? Sure. Well, okay. was it, how does it go? Uh, it was like, this is going to be the best day of my life. Oh, is that it was like um, a pop song? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kind of remember so, it. Anyway, 
I started singing, this is going to be the best parade of my life. And I mm -hmm. thought it was so funny and they didn't find it funny at all <laughs> because I guess they've both been in parades and I haven't. So it just seemed really stupid to, yeah. to say that one parade is going to be the best one of your life. Like it happens to you all the time, but no. So if you think that's a funny thing to say, then go ahead and let me know. And I will tell my wife that it is in fact hilarious to sing. <laughs> it's going to be the best parade of my life. I mean, that totally, I could see that being like a song written by you, Eric. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Did maybe, maybe I'll just do that. Now I have a, I have a question about a myth about you that I heard Eric. The answer is maybe. Okay. No, I don't. All right. know. Okay. Well, we settled it. What's the myth? Um, okay. So I heard <laughs> that you wrote a song, and I might have even heard this, and it went over my head, where you used the line from that Matt. Uh, what is it like? Coffee commercial. The in the Folgers, and the best part of waking up is that true? Yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. The song's called Blue Car. Okay. It was on a tape I made when I was 15. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely I, true. Not a myth. I was just wondering because um, I'm not proud of it. I mean, it was kind of a cheap move, but you know, when you're 15, you gotta, you gotta make cheap moves in your songs so that yeah. people like them, you know, you gotta, I think it's kind of rad. Like I plan on eventually writing a song with that uh mcdonald's jingle ba da ba 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 <laughs> so that's gonna happen so yeah they have this one guy who does it and he sounds like he sounds super old he sounds kind of like um oh yeah uh, like i know he, what you're talking he about he sounds yeah. like uh ba, think, ba, ba, ba. <laughs> like that yeah he sounds just yeah. like um winnie the pooh right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or, <laughs> oh man, and he talks like that too. Hi, oh, come over to McDonald's and, and get some good food. <laughs> <laughs> like, now, why do they have that guy? I mean, he, oh my gosh, <laughs> you should see if you can get hired to be the uh, yeah, spokesperson. Come on over to McDonald's and get some food. Yeah. <laughs> get some food. Actually, yeah, it was, it's sort of like Winnie the Pooh mixed with Bane. That's kind of how the <laughs> voice sounds to be like, try our new Big Mac. <laughs> ba -da -ba -ba -ba. It's like, which part? Oh, why? <laughs> why that do you brings, have that guy oh, man. doing that? You had to bring up Bane too, because I, I think other than the whole like saga that happened in the comics where he broke batman's back yeah back in the 90s i think bane is like the worst character in the batman universe huh i do not like bane there's yeah. something about bane i do not like um i'm, are you I'm talking, a joker guy man are you talking about bane in the comic books and stuff or in that movie well or both in that in the movie for sure i mm. did not like bane in the movie oh. but um I wasn't a big fan of that Dark Knight Rise. I love the first the the Batman Begins and yeah. Dark Knight, but I didn't Dark Knight Rises. I just wasn't. I did like that one part where he like 
was blowing up the school buses or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And he just kept like messing up and he <laughs> like the like the yeah. like the button was not like, you know. But yeah. I don't I, know. Some, I really some... liked that Bane. I, I mean, I don't I do. read the comics and stuff, so I'm not encumbered by caring about mm-hmm. you know if um things are canon and if they follow the rules and stuff i just kind of like this big giant dude wearing like a candy man pimp coat yeah and just talking like that for no reason like hey batman i'm gonna blow up this football field <laughs> yeah. do you think i'm really scary with this voice yeah it's yeah. like no that's not a scary voice dude at yeah. all what are you doing that's you know that's also one criticism i had with those those <laughs> batman movies too is uh batman himself had a ridiculous voice yes he's- why <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it just i don't know i wasn't it's, it's just like yeah batman i'm gonna totally blow up all this stuff you can't do that yeah yeah you can't <laughs> exactly like i i don't know call me old-fashioned but i still like all of the old adam west batmans where all the villains work together on a boat with all of these like neon colored gadgets that would like shoot yeah. a laser like out and shrink batman and robin then you'd hear like the cackling from the green penguin i love the colorful bat i love the colorful yeah. absurdity of like the adam west era batman and even the comics then um but i also really think that the tim burton batman movies batman mm-hmm. and batman returns were just fantastic so was it batman forever with jim carrey yeah, that was the yeah, one that was a really, really bright lovely. one. That was, that was bright, and and yeah. and I will say I do think that Jim Carrey did a good job mm. of the Riddler in that mm-hmm. movie. I just don't think that movie was really that yeah. great. But yeah, I, nothing I like could prepare us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Tim Burton ones are yeah. great, but nothing could prepare us for the adventures of Batman and Robin with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze. <laughs> And that was also the George Speaking Clooney. Speaking of Batman. terrifying villain voices. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going I've to come freeze to you. freeze you. <laughs> oh, man. We said it in unison almost, Eric. Oh, wow. Wouldn't A that moment be great? frozen in time. If he got elected as an actual public official, if that's like what he threatened to do with like people he didn't like, if he would just freeze them. Well, he was like the governor, right? Yeah. Governor. Yeah. Yep. What's he? He could have froze some fools. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor. Oh yeah, that that really did happen, didn't it? He could have froze some this fools. Damn reality, it's getting so weird. <laughs> it really is. Froze some fools. I like that. <laughs> oh man, yeah. There you go. So I think that what we should do is that that intro music. Yeah, I think uh, the next episode. When we come in and we start talking, we should do the McDonald's but up <laughs> that old guy one. Like, let's plan on that for the next episode. Does that sound good, everybody? Yeah. All right. So yeah. Um, 
I think we have mentioned McDonald's now a few times, so we really have. Feel free to send me one of those nasty ass fillet of fish sometime. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that <laughs> I mean, it's so weird because I do agree that it's nasty, but I used to find them very satisfying at the same time. I just don't understand the piece of cheese. I just don't know where it came from. I just yeah, I, just, I don't either. I've never but... seen it on another fish sandwich. I've never What's... just had a big piece of american cheese what's really weird about it is that i didn't mind the piece of cheese on the filet of fish right but every other sandwich mm-hmm. every other if 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 i went to arby's and got a piece of cheese on my fish sandwich i would flip yeah. you know wait they have but, fish at arby's yes they do yes oh, they do shit. uh but it's only seasonal it's like one of those weird oh. things where they only have it like when i don't know it's safe to fish in Alaska or something. Oh, man. All right. Cause I mean, that's, well, that's what they show on the commercials. They always show like Alaskan ice fishing, like hmm. the fresh, freshest fish you can get ever <laughs> exported from Alaska. the freshest, <laughs> most delicious fish ever. And then dropped in a deep fat fryer. <laughs> to the deep fat fryer. We needed to make everything taste like curly fries. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. But I will say, though, uh, the top fried tier of like fried fish, I still used to love Long John Silver's. Oh, yeah. I liked Long John's. You used to love that shit. Yeah. Yeah. But- Good stuff. Ba-da, ba-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen uh you guys all have a great week and uh thanksgiving i'm yeah. loving it yeah i hope you're i hope you're loving thanksgiving <laughs> yeah uh tell us our your thanksgiving stories <laughs> yeah yeah you know you should go ahead and do that we'll, we'll and if anyone knows and we'll present them as like uh, in the same format as alice's restaurant there you go. Exactly. We'll just tell well, your story. And then my uncle said, Hey, you <laughs> goddamn commie. If anyone knows also why, like the mystery of the cheese on the filet of fish. Yeah. Let us know. Um, yeah. I'm very interested. It's like absolutely cryptozoology at this point. It is. It's we got to examine every it's like aspect. Bigfoot, of the cheese fish, uh. <laughs> the cheese fish. Miss <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh. Arnold Schwarzenegger as the governor. Yeah, the governator. Right. The governator. Okay. Let's go. This is stupid. All right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a good week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. everyone to be very nice to me and like me very much.